Travel Thursday. Welcome back once again <laughs> to another episode of Travel Support Thursday. Hi. We are here in Bangkok, Thailand. Yep. And we've got some pretty interesting stuff to talk about today. I just got done getting poked and prodded <laughs> and honestly cared for from a medical perspective more than has ever happened before in my life. It was almost an uncomfortable level of caring about my well-being. It and was don't great. worry for those of you that are worried, everything's good. <laughs> it was just a, a wellness check. What would you call it? Like a physical? Yeah. So I, I have never really had a primary care physician in my entire life. <laughs> uh, so and to say that I've had a regular checkup would be a lie. So this was like my first time ever really getting a checkup. So I figured I'd do all of it. And you decided Bangkok was the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard good things. I heard good things. Okay. So today we're going to talk all about your experience, which I'm also really fascinated about because you just got back. And we're going to answer a couple of your questions about Google Voice, how to keep your phone number while traveling abroad. And how to deal with proof of onward travel mm. when you're traveling between countries. Like if you keep going from country to country, how do you prove to that country you're flying into that you are eventually going to leave that country and go somewhere else and not just like move in and live there? That thing. That thing. Okay, so let's get to it. Uh, the first question, let's just answer that one because I think it's a really it's a really common question that we get, especially from those of you who want to maintain your flexibility while traveling and mm. want to be able to kind of just like see where you go as you travel, how do you handle this? So our first question comes from 777-PAA. Okay, pa. 777-PA, who says, added the new channel, just started following you and enjoying immensely. Thanks so much. One question I have on full-time travel is how everyone manages to enter a country without knowing where you are going next. Mm. Don't countries require an exit ticket as part of entry requirements? Would love to know how this works as I would love to learn how to be more flexible and not have everything planned out to the day. Yeah, so the answer to this is yes, absolutely. Countries do require you to have proof of onward travel or yep. proof of exit. And the way that this normally shows up is like you booked round trip flights from wherever you are in your home to Tokyo and then back. Mm -hmm. And what the airlines see then is like, oh, okay, this person is planning on returning back home. They're not just going to move into Japan <laughs> or just like kind of like disappear and travel nebulously. So because there are rules against that. There are indeed. Out. There are indeed. Okay. So the basic problem here is that when you're traveling like we are, we're normally going from like one foreign country to a different foreign country to another one to another one. And we're not always planned out like where we're going to mm -hmm. go next when we arrive into this country. Especially when you're taking a full year off, it's hard to predict. And especially when the rules are constantly changing with mm -hmm. entry and exit requirements. Yeah, all the time. All the time this is a struggle for us just trying to figure out how exactly to book this like onward flight to make the country happy mm -hmm. and not actually have to commit to it at all. Mm -hmm. So there are a bunch of different services out there that provide fake ticket bookings and they look real and even have a real pnr which is like a pointer number record i think is what that stands for i'm probably wrong so this service will cost like 15 to 20 dollars per ticket that you book and it's just a fake flight that's all a fully mm. fake flight but i would really really not recommend using this for a yeah. bunch of different reasons one if you're flying with any sort of real airline and you know the difference like if you think in your mind when i say that's not a real airline whatever you're thinking of that's the one but if you're flying with any of those like real airlines they're going to check this record they're going to check this record and this is going to fall through and how do i know this 
because I have done this and Ooh. I have screwed up before. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and what happens then if they see that you don't have like proof of onward travel before you get on the plane, they just will not let you check in. If you don't have something booked before you step on the plane that shows that you're leaving the country to go somewhere else, you're just going to be standing there in line at check-in, hurriedly booking in probably a very expensive flight showing that you're flying somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of you might think, well, how often do they really check? Is this a thing every that time. they actually do for every single person? And we will say in the experience that we've had in the last couple of years, not everybody does their check, but it's not, it's definitely not worth risking for the one time that they happen to check. And either you're getting checked right before you actually check in for your flight, mm -hmm. before they even let you into the airport, or you're getting upon arrival. or upon arrival by yeah. immigration. And that's the worst place to be found that you don't have. One. So what's the solution? How do you solve this problem? If you don't really know where you're going next, how do you have a flight book, but something that in case you change your mind, you don't lose all your money on it, mm -hmm. right? So there are a couple sites like Orbitz is one of these, for example, that allow you to have a 24 hour booking window to then get a full refund on whatever flight you've booked. Mm -hmm. So if right before you get on the plane or maybe like, you know, the night before, a couple hours before you just like say, OK, I'm flying to Tokyo and then I have no idea where I'm going next. I'm just going to use this Orbitz 24 hour policy to book a flight from Tokyo onto, let's say, South Korea or mm -hmm. something like that for like $50. And then once you pass through the check in and the immigration and you're in the country, then you just go back onto there and cancel the flight. And this is also true for using points, for example. Mm -hmm. And this is the most common way that we handle this is yes. when we have a bunch of chase points or United, whatever points that we have, we can look for we we can look for flights that we might reasonably take. And oftentimes we usually end up taking them. But booking Omer flights using points is a really flexible way to do this because more often than not, you can cancel these flights and you can get your points back or you can change them without any charges. Yeah, American Airlines is the perfect place for this. We always keep at least like 100,000 American Airlines points that we refuse to spend anywhere else because, because their award cancellation policy says that you can cancel it any time before the flight leaves and they will refund all the booking fees as well as all the points that you use to actually like get the flight. So we'll just do the same thing that we that we would do with Orbitz is we'd like book a flight using points on American Airlines. And then right after we're actually in the country, we just cancel it. And then or, change it. or keep it. Yeah, or keep or it. Or keep it sometimes. Or change it. Yeah. But th I mean that's that's how you solve it. It is uh I would say annoying mm -hmm. to have to deal with this constantly and have to keep thinking about this. But from the country's perspective, I totally understand why yeah. they require it. Just to kind of keep an eye on everyone who's in their country and to make sure that they understand that their intentions are actually for tourism mm -hmm. and not just for like moving in or for doing weird business stuff <laughs> or any other things that people do when they travel that they shouldn't be doing. Um, yeah, so what's the phrase like when you've overstay your welcome? That's it. Oh, that's the phrase. Okay, you don't want to overstay wow, your welcome. What a magical moment. This is the first time Lisa has ever gotten a common phrase correctly. Just uh, <laughs> like you're like, look a horse in the gift mouth. No. Look a look a look a gift in the horse. That's don't not don't give someone a horse what? as a gift. How <laughs> many rules of thumbs? Two rules of thumbs. How many thumbs has everybody How got? How many rules? She, How many thumbs? She constantly gets these common <laughs> phrases wrong, but you got one right. Nice, nice. High five. Don't overstay your welcome. Visas yes. okay. are very important to follow. Yes. Keep those entry requirements. The other thing that we've noticed too is different countries do different things. I mean, depending on where you are, you can also, if you don't have a flight, you can use 
fairies. Like mm-hmm. we went to, where was it? We went to somewhere. South we, Korea. We, we were somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we were, I think when we went to South Korea last, they were asking for our, you know, exit itinerary. And we happened to be looking at a, as a, we happened to be looking at a ferry from South Korea to Japan. Mm-hmm. And so we had a reservation, but we didn't have to pay for that reservation yet. And so we were able, we were even able to show that reservation to show that, hey, we do have a way out. Um, in the end, we ended up not using that reservation and taking a flight out anyway. Yeah. So lots of different ways to handle this. Train reservations, flights. And for those of you that don't have points, it's also very common for people to just book what they call throwaway flights. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, wasteful and, yeah. you know, it costs some money, but there are a ton of not real airlines that run all the time for very cheap fares between different countries. So if you're in a bind, that's also a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about showing intent, mm-hmm. like upon arrival of the country is you're basically showing with proof that you have intent to eventually leave and you that the intent thi- not to overstay your welcome yes yes and that the entirety of the time that you're going to be there you're going to be doing tourist stuff mm-hmm. and that you're not there for any other weirder reasons that sometimes happen yeah. that's a, that's all it's about we we totally get this scenario you want the flexibility to be able to travel freely and say yeah i want to go to this country or depending on the weather depending on what changes occur you want the flexibility to be go to go to different places i think We've just now started thinking of these like onward bookings as just a one of the like taxes, yeah. taxes that you have to pay for the luxury of travel. So yeah, hope that helps answer your question. Yeah, and yeah. if any of you have any other suggestions or thoughts on what has worked for you, let us know in the comments below. So our next question comes from Wayne Go Productions, who actually mentioned that, uh, you know, last week we talked about how the really weird parts about the bathroom stalls in the U.S. Oh, have the sure. gaps. Um, they said that the bathroom stall doors, I believe, are for mopping and ventilation. I I hear you, but like if you go to a if you go to like a bathroom in Japan, there's no gap, there's no anything, yeah, and it I, doesn't smell bad, and it's way cleaner than any bathroom I've ever been at in the United States. Like I, I it's probably like a safety and security thing. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you gone to the bathroom and then you accidentally make eye contact with the person that's (laughs) like waiting to use the restroom? It's very uncomfortable. But I appreciate the theory. We don't need to talk about toilets today. (laughs) I can talk Uh, about that. That was last week. (laughs) Okay. So uh, Wayne Go Production asks, can you explain Google Voice? Okay. I've watched some videos, but they haven't been the best. It looks like some people add Skype as well. I don't Mm -hmm. think you need to add Skype. Just looking for the best way to keep my number and still have two-factor verification. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a really important concept, especially also if you're doing full-time, long-term traveling. Yes. Okay. So let's describe the problem first. So you're from the United States or really from any country Mm. and you're traveling to somewhere else. And in that somewhere else, you need to receive SMS text messages. For a phone number that is attached to everything in your life. Yes. Right? Like credit cards bank account your mortgage your uh health records your anything else your grandparents yes so you need to receive these text messages and type in some like six digit code into whatever website or other service that you're trying to get into but when you're traveling you can't Mm -mm. because you don't have access to that phone number because it doesn't work in japan or in uh europe or wherever else you happen to be unless you have like unless you unless you plan to take your like at&t or t-mobile plan and phone number make it international which 
is very, very pricey, yes. especially if you're doing long-term travel. So that is one possible solution. And I think that that works just fine if you're just going on like a two-week trip. Sure, If yeah. you're going on two-weeker, maybe don't go through all this riffraff of trying to like move your number to a new service. Just like pay the ridiculous surcharge that AT&T gives you of like 10 to $20 per day and just turn on the international plan and then you'll be able to get and receive these text messages and it'll be just mm -hmm. like you're at home. Google Fi also used to be a good option mm -hmm. for this as well. That's what yeah. I used to use. It got Except really expensive. It got really expensive. And if you're away from home for more than a couple months yes. and using data, they will just straight up shut down the service from you. And it makes it really, really hard because you're in another country and then you need to somehow negotiate moving your number to some other service. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> it used to be a really great plan for flexible long-term travelers like us yep. where you could use Google Fi abroad um, and pay, I think it was $10 a gig um, and still get all your text messages. But after I think six months or three months of them noticing that I wasn't using my phone number at all in the US, they were like, no, this is not what it's for, even though we thought this is exactly what it's <laughs> right, for. Because <laughs> that is exactly what it's for. Uh, okay, so that's the problem, right? The problem is you're traveling to another country mm -hmm. and you need to keep you need to keep getting these text messages so that way you can log into your various banks or credit cards or whatever. One possible solution is pay your current cell phone provider a gajillion dollars sure. to get access uh, internationally. That begs the question, how do you solve it for longer term continuous travel or just kind of becoming a more digital nomad where you're like permanently in another country. But you want to keep your But home, you want to keep your US phone your number. US phone number. Right. So the best answer for this that I've found so far is Google Voice. Mm -hmm. This is a free service provided by Google that allows you to take your phone number and transfer it into an app. And by that, I mean, like, literally, you take the phone number that you would have uh, through AT&T or through Verizon or whatever else, and you transfer it and you transfer it into this app on Google Voice. And then this app, no matter if you're connected to Wi-Fi or a data connection or a cell phone provider, even if you don't have a cell phone provider at all, mm -hmm. if you choose not to do that and you just happen to be connected to Wi-Fi on your phone or on your laptop, it will ring just like it's a phone and it'll receive text messages just like it's your phone. Mm -hmm. And you can send text messages just like it's your phone. It's pretty magical. Yeah. It's, Asterisk it's, when it works. Yeah, yeah. It's, we'll it's a phone in an app. And yeah. the way that this whole process works is before you leave on your trip, probably a couple of weeks before you leave on your trip because it takes a minute to do this, is you would call up your current cell phone provider and you would say, hey, I need to transfer my phone number somewhere else. And when you do this, your cell phone provider is going to say, great, just know that as soon as you transfer it, we are going to be canceling your account and closing it down. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, great, that's what I want to have happen. Once you get the information that they give you, which will normally be like an account number and a pin, you're going to take that over to Google Voice and you're going to say, sign me up and I want to transfer my phone number in. It does cost $20 one time to do this, just to just let you know. It's not totally free-free. It's just mm -hmm. mostly free. So then once you do that and you click next a bunch of time and transfer your phone number into Google Voice, which takes a couple of days to do, then your phone number will ring on this app and on the Google Voice website instead of directly on your phone. Mm -hmm. Which basically, I mean, it works just like your typical phone. You just yeah. won't be using, like, let's say you have an iPhone. You won't be using your iMessage app or your phone app that comes with the Apple mm -hmm. um, phone, 
you'll be using the Google Voice phone. But I think you you miss. So there's one important step before you do all of that. Okay. And the verse, very first, most important step before you like call your plan to tell them this or even try you know this route is to check with Google Voice to see if your phone can even be ported. Because oh, sure. There are, for some reason, certain area codes, certain phone numbers that cannot be ported to Google Voice. So my phone number, for example, before we left for our trip, could not be ported to Google Voice. No matter how many times I check, maybe I thought maybe over a year or course of a few months, Google Voice would be able to port that number. But for whatever reason, my area code was never able to be ported to Google Voice. So I could not use this service at all. Yeah, but so, what you could have done is well, just get a brand new phone number, yeah. which is what you ended up doing. Yeah. And then you just you get that literally from Google Voice when you first sign up with them. They just give you like some arbitrary phone number from the area you're in. Mm-hmm. And then you would just have to go to all your banks and, and credit cards right, and yeah. change all of them to point at this new phone number that so, you got. It is a whole rigmarole, I would say. It, but that's the the fir- very first step is to say like, do I want to keep the number that mm-hmm. I've had for twenty, thirty plus years that's attached <laughs> to my identity? Right. And <laughs> if so, let me see. Does Google Voice first allow me to even change that? If so, then follow the steps that you just laid out, and <laughs> yeah. it's pretty easy and seamless. Like it worked out for you, and I think you use that primarily now. Google Voice is your primary. Yeah way to receive all text messages and phone calls yeah i've had it for well over 10 years Mm -hmm. at this point maybe even 15 yeah um and it is a great service there are various other paid services that are like 10 to 15 dollars per month that provide Mm -hmm. roughly similar experiences but i think google voice is the best i've found so far out of this so now you still use google voice and Mm -hmm. i've since actually changed my number um and i went back actually to a u.s based plan uh, Mint Mobile actually is a very affordable, you know, the 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 plan that Ryan Reynolds CEOs <laughs> your <whatever>. boyfriend. <laughs> um, he yeah, Mint Mobile is a really affordable way to get a phone plan. And the thing that's awesome about it, and this is why I switched over, is they have Wi-Fi capability, Wi-Fi calling capability, which just means that when I'm abroad or anywhere and I don't have data. So like Mint mm-hmm. Mobile only works in the US, right? So when I'm back at home, I can use my phone number as is and it's no problem. But when we're traveling, I I get a data plan like Ubigi, Aerolo, and I can use data as we're traveling about. I won't get any text messages to my number unless I'm on Wi-Fi. So when I'm on Wi-Fi, I can toggle my cell phone plan back to my original number mm-hmm. and I'll get those SMS numbers. I'll get those SMS texts. I'll get the phone calls that I need from my my OG number. Hopefully that's helpful. It's a yeah. very complicated, every time we talk about this, my mind just yeah. Yeah. whirls. Yeah, and the major problem, the problem in this whole thing is these banks unwilling to accept new technology. That's yeah. all it is. They just like all this stuff like authentication apps and whatsapp and all these other options email has existed forever but they are just so insistent on keeping it in a text message even though it's such a stupid way to do it tell us how you really (sighs) feel so many feelings okay let's talk about healthcare i want to talk about about real felix okay i want to talk about my experience tell the people where you just came back from (laughs) okay and what what happened in every excruciating (laughs) detail Okay, so this journey began a couple of months ago when I was trying to like navigate the 
just preposterousness of the U.S.-based healthcare system, which I think we any, won't go into many details. No, but anybody who's used it, they anyone just, who's in the U.S. and has tried to use our healthcare system, they know what I'm talking it's about. A <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. So I was trying to get some help. I was trying to get checkups. I was just trying to be more proactive with my healthcare. Previous to this, I had just kind of treated it like a break fix system. Mm-hmm. I would only see the doctor when something was wrong. If I my arm was broken, that was like the last time that I really saw a doctor, and that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to look at healthcare more of the way that I see the rest of the world look at it, which is like you go to the doctor when you're healthy and you say like, okay, take a look at me. I'm healthy right now. Tell me how I can stay that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the US, I think generally our look at it is like, oh God, I'm sick and things are bad. Please fix me. Mm-hmm. And I think that the those two viewpoints, I think, I more gravitate towards the like, I'm healthy right now. Please keep me healthy because that means that I don't have to get super sick before I see the doctor. But trying to do that in the United States is is a challenge in its own. The next available checkup appointment, four months away. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I'm just kind of stuck here. I'm like, okay, but like, I really do want to check up. So what do I do? So I started looking online of the places that we were traveling to. And it turns out that this is a whole industry here in Thailand, a massive industry, not just in Thailand, but all Korea, across the world. Yeah, Japan. Huge industry. Uh, medical tourism is the name of it. And the thing that I signed up for at Bangkok hospitals after doing much searching was just the everything checkup. <laughs> and they have multiple levels of this thing and they name it cool things like executive checkup or like or like advanced super checkup and things like and that. And they do have like you look at their website, they have things for like male, female, like specific what yep. you need, how old you are, which I appreciate, right? Like not every 25-year-old needs to get their prostate checks. <laughs> but it is very fascinating um to see that this this even exists here. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a big deal. There were so many people in there doing mm. the same thing. I think I just also want to say, before we also delve into this, to say, one, we're not sponsored by any of oh, this. Of course this not. is mostly just us <laughs> wanting to share our experiences, um, especially after last week when we talked about, you know, when we talked about, like, the differences and what people noticed when they traveled abroad versus mm-hmm where they were in their home country and healthcare was big for us. Yeah. And two, we want to say, you know, obviously this, this is a very, I think, you know, you can talk more about it, but I think your checkup was a very, I don't want to even use the word benign, but just like a very like normal preventative yeah. healthcare thing. We don't know what it's like to get treatment. We, we know medical tourism covers a broad range of things mm-hmm. like surgery, cancer, cosmetic surgery, all these different things that we can't speak to. This is just, yeah, I just want to caveat there. Yeah, yeah. So basically everything was fine. I didn't really have any specific reason to do that. I've just, I don't think I've ever really had a primary care physician in my entire life, Since you were at like least my kid. entire adult you life. You had a p- pediatrician. Yeah, I had a pediatrician. And I think that was the last time because... I treated this system as like something that you never use. Like in the United States, I treated healthcare as something you only use as the very last resort. Mm-hmm. I think I read an NPR article recently about how medical debt, like people going into debt because mm. of medical reasons is like a very unique specific to certain countries, i.e. the U.S. thing. <laughs> and I never thought about that concept that like people can go into debt you know, for for catastrophes, you know, you assume that like insurance and, 
and having employment with an employer who offers health insurance will help you. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It, anyway, we won't go into that because it feels like a problem that I just can't think about now. Let's talk <laughs> about your experience. Walk us through what it was like okay. to walk in and make this appointment. Okay. So after looking at all the various packages, I just was like, just give me the everything. <laughs> give me the whole give me give me the whole thing for my age range that I would need, right? Like I didn't want to do too many outrageous things, but a medium amount of outrageous things. The thing I signed up for was eleven thousand baht or like three hundred and thirty dollars. And I think when you sent this list to me, I will say the differences <laughs> between us is really funny. Like Josh is all about just getting all the inf Josh is all about getting all the information as much as possible, high value. Yep. I it's worth it. And for me, I, I'm like the cautious, well, like, don't open Pandora's box. Like, you don't need an abdominal ultrasound at your age. Like, I was going through all these things. We were like, why would they do this? Why would did they do this? That's not, like, that's not proven to be. A anyway. I got to know what's in that Pandora's there's, box. There's, two, okay. there's many different approaches to this. Here's what you get for $330 US. <laughs> Let me just start with this list here. Okay, so you get... Your vital signs, you get a BMI test, which they did with like the cool like vibrato egg chair thing. Oh. The ones that they normally use for like athletes to um, help them figure out like a very accurate BMI. So, You're an athlete. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you get an eye screening, hearing screening. I thought you were going to say ice cream. Ice cream, delicious ice cream. And then if you're a woman, you would get a pap smear. Mm. Uh, and then you get a blood test. And they did a lot of blood tests. So... Complete blood count, sugar profile, fasting, lipid profile, kidney, uric acid, liver function test, thyroid test, and they check for any tumor markers. And then they do another urinalysis, and then you get a chest x-ray, ultrasound of your abdomen, check your bone density, an EKG, and the ankle brachial index, which I'm still not 100% sure what that is. And then not only that, but they give you a checkup report book, which I have uh, right here check a report book. All I did is I sent them an email and I just said, Hey, I'm interested in your, uh, advanced checkup and I'm going to be there, um, uh, today, which is when my scheduling was. And they said, okay, just send us a copy of your passport and you'll be scheduled. And that's it. They didn't require payment up front or anything mm, like that. That's nice. Okay. And the nice thing about it, and probably the biggest reason why you, why I felt like I could sign up for this is I knew exactly how much I was going to be spending yeah. when I walked in the door. Uh, so you walk in the door into this big, like almost grandiose, palatial feeling hospital. Hmm. <laughs> like it's, it, it really felt like it was a tourist attraction at some point that then got turned into a hospital. It was, really? yeah, it was crazy. Then they send you up to wherever you're going to do all these tests up a couple of floors. And the moment that I walked in, they were like, oh, you're here. Hey, all right, let's get started. Like instantly, there was no waiting. There was nothing. It was just walking in and they're like, let's go. Are you ready? Because we're ready. <laughs> let's get this thing done. And the efficiency of this was just insane in comparison to what I've experienced any other time in my life. Like within a 10 minute period of me walking in the door, I had already gotten a chest x-ray. They had already taken blood out of me. They had given me a food coupon, which I would use later. They had already like taken my BMI. They had weighed me. What else did they do? There was a lot. Um, ultrasound? Oh, yeah. They had ultrasound my abdomen. I had like changed in and out of clothes two times. Yeah. And I had peed in a cup for the urinalysis. 
And I think a couple more things that I can't even think of, but like literally within 10 minutes, all of these various tests were done basically immediately. And it was just me being shuttled from room to room to room. Wow. Be like, it was so fast and so efficient. And I just love that. You know, like I knew what I wanted and I mm -hmm. knew the type of thing that I wanted and they were just really happy to provide that thing. Yeah. And they weren't there the whole time like questioning my choices. They yeah. were just there to provide the thing that I knew that I wanted. And information about it. Did, yeah. they, did they provide any like pre-test counseling or post-test counseling about it? No, because they knew that I had signed up for this thing on purpose, right? So I had... I yeah, but did they explain like, I don't know, what an AFP test is no. or like what the EKG could show. I could have asked. I could have asked and they would have answered, but mm -hmm. I was just more than happy to just keep this train rolling. Cause yeah, we were like, so all I wanted them to do was just like, check the whole thing out the on my whole body and just be like, how, how are we doing? How is the body doing? That's the question that I wanted answered. I didn't want this like little piecemeal, like uh. check this one thing. And then if something else breaks and go and check that, I just wanted them to do a full system scan. That's like an so like an like an antivirus software, but for my body. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. And like the person in me, like when I hear that, I cringe a little bit, and I'm like, oh, but you just like, I don't know. The the healthcare provider in me thinks like, but there's so much information that's not useful or that can be misinterpreted or should be interpreted a little bit more clearly, but. I get it. I get. I didn't want any handholding. I know. Zero. I just wanted it done. <laughs> I just wanted, I wanted a system check and I wanted a pass slash fail. Yeah. That's what I wanted. I, I didn't care. I mean, I guess the nuance might've been important, but he did provide that later. Mm. Uh, they did explain what all the test results meant and why they did them. Okay. Later. After the doctor the did that after we did oh, all the okay. stuff. So that did eventually happen. Cause I do think there's like some, but I, I don't know that some of the concerns about like, tests like these like you just sometimes can come up with information that you weren't prepared for or you get information that you just don't even know what to do with it and some people misinterpret it to be like oh no virus is found i'm good i'm good forever <laughs> you know like there's so there is some of this like interpretation that needs to happen some nuance that needs to happen it's not so black and white as pass or fail but it was still more information about myself totally than i've ever had in my I life agree. and I probably would ever get again i know <laughs> so. there are totally I, I get it there's so many people and and you included that find that more information is better and i think that information mm. is empowering i think there's just a part of me that always hopes that that information comes with that, like that education, the information, the expertise yeah. that a lot of these providers have. Yeah. I wanted a bunch of stats. That's what I paid for. And that's what I got <laughs> was a bunch of that. Okay. So they shuttle me from room to room, doing the x-ray, doing the ultrasound, doing the blood draw, and then a different blood draw. And then it they took 12 vials total. There was a ton for this particular one. Beaten cup, did all the other, did everything that needed to be done. They uh, also did like physical examinations as well. Did they do like a full skin body exam? Uh, no, so I could have paid more for that, but I didn't for this one, but that would have been like $40 more or something like that. So uh, so there was, there was a ton of tests and all of it happened so fast. The efficiency of it was astounding, just astounding. So I get through all these tests and they give me a food coupon. <laughs> They literally this bought. They bought my lunch. They but tell, tell, tell the people what you got for lunch. <laughs> to celebrate my potential focus on health, I went and got two burgers from Burger King <laughs> and a large fry and a Coke. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, 
<laughs> when you showed me the coupon, the things on the coupon were like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> Dunkin Donuts and Burger King. Right. I was like, something's wrong with this right. picture. Right. But still, out of this whole deal, I got a, I got a hamburger. Got a hamburger out of this whole thing, in addition to all the other tests and awesome stuff that happened. Uh, so, okay. So we finished that, and they send me off after all these tests, and it was just a whirlwind. Like, I have never received so much care. I was just blown away because... There was no wait time for any of it. I mean, it was a busy hospital and people were moving constantly, but it felt like they had this system so down pat for everyone in the hospital. And there were tons of people there for mm-hmm. tons of different reasons. It wasn't just yeah. expats doing this one, like, give me the everything checkup. There were the Supreme. Uh, there were lots of local people here also in the hospital. And there were lots of people there for any reason that you do go to a hospital. Yeah. So. Yeah, it just felt like they just had the system so down pat. And because they don't have to ever check to see if it's okay to do something with the with your insurance before they yeah. do it, that it just happens. Yeah. All of it just happens and they have no reason to slow down at all. They just do it as fast. I was actually the reason that it went slower. This The whole thing would have been done in five minutes had I been able to change my clothes faster. <laughs> Or speak Thai. <laughs> or, or speak like, Thai. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was it was so was rapid. Everything in English. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, everything. Wow. Yeah, everything was in English from from front to back. Whole thing. I probably interacted with like thirty different people. Amazing. In a twenty minute period. That is incredible. They they sent me across the street to give me my free lunch, which is just the just really the icing on the cake for me of this whole thing that I got Burger King. So I eat. Fifteen minutes later, they call me up and they say your results are ready. Oh, and I was like, what? Like, I was expecting it to take weeks. They called me and say, your results already come on back. So I walk back and then I see a doctor and I get a half hour consultation with him mm. as he goes through all these different results, told me exactly what I needed to do, which basically narrowed down to, hey, lose some weight, which was basically the result at the end, which was something that I already knew. But it was yeah. really nice to hear that, like, nothing bad was going on. Mm. You know, I got a checkup when I was healthy. And at the end of it, it was just like, a here's like the four things you got to do to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So just do those things. I also got tons of stats and tons of other information yeah, about myself. And they like, gave you, they sent you home with the medical records too. So yeah. that way, if you do find a primary care physician, which maybe you should, yeah. um, you can share this with them. Yeah. It's a checkup. Yeah. I don't know why this is so novel to me, but it, it was is, like mind blowing yeah. to get like a health report for my own body. No, that's true. And then be able to understand like hey here's the couple things you need to do that are good preventative care for yourself to take care of yourself and here's a couple like problems that you should probably fix right away that's never happened most of the time when you schedule an appointment to see a doctor or provider they ask you kind of what are you here for first question is what's wrong yeah what are you here for what's wrong what are your symptoms (laughs) right yeah yeah it's never just oh i'm here to uh, see what's going on with this it's Mm -hmm. like i'm broken and i need this one thing fixed and i just i had never experienced healthcare like that Mm -hmm. and it was just so cool of an experience and so efficient just to see how well healthcare can really be run. I'm sure there's so many things that we can't see as tourists and and as visitors that Mm -hmm. come for like these appointments or these small slivers of moments, you know, for these kinds of exams. But it is incredible. I mean, even you talking about this just now, like I was thinking about what it was two years ago that we were here. And this was at a time when, you know, COVID was, was still happening. And, um, vaccines were very much being provided Mm. and 
we were traveling at the time when there was a recommendation for people to get like their second or maybe even second or maybe even third vaccine. Mm -hmm. And there was this question of like, well, should we go home and try to get it? Maybe there'll be a wait list. Will we even be able to come back out and finish our travels if we get it? Um, And we just happened upon like we were taking a train from Chiang Mai to Bangkok, I think. Mm -hmm. And we happened upon the largest train station and there were loads like tens of thousands thousands of people maybe even a hundred thousand maybe even a hundred thousand people there it was they were just vaccinating people and they were just providing these vaccines and we were just you know travelers that were like we don't live here but is this available for people that don't live here and they said totally come in show us your passport show us your vaccine cards and they just got us in line and it was so efficient i think they vaccinated thousands of people that day. It was just like you get in a line, you fill out the paperwork, and it was so accommodating. The scope and the scale of it was so impressive. And, and we just, and it was just at a train station. So we <laughs> literally just hopped off the train, got vaccinated within an hour, mm-hmm. and then went to our hotel. I, I mean, again, like I don't think we know the complete nuances of what it's like to live here and what it's like to live here and and be from Thailand and be from Bangkok and get healthcare. But that experience helped me see like there are so many ways to do things. And it kind of highlights what we talked about last week, which is traveling opens your eyes to the ways that different countries and cultures approach things that, that we could use. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, talking about this, like you might be listening to this and depending on how your experience has been with yeah. healthcare and where you're from, you might be like, that sounds crazy that you wouldn't receive that back at home. Mm. Or you might be like, I totally get that. <laughs> I totally Or feel you that. might feel like I would never do that right. because you're, you know, you have what you need, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 But I would say my for this being my first real experience, mm-hmm. uh, well, not really. For this being like my for this being my first real checkup mm-hmm. in forever, I thought this was amazing. Mm-hmm. I thought this was just incredible, and what a cool service to offer mm-hmm. for people out there. After we started talking about this, we kind of delve we delved a little bit deeper into the the whole world of medical tourism. I mean, yeah. I think. When you read in the news, you know, about medical tourism, it's usually, there are, there obviously are always going to be some bad, horrific experiences that happen for For tourists that go to another country to get a procedure done. There are certainly risks for sure. Um, But I think, you know, the news don't always highlight the things that are really, really great about a healthcare, about healthcare systems abroad as well. So 100%. I've never felt so cared for in like a medical setting before mm-hmm. as i did today like everyone was like very focused very kind taking their time even though they were obviously doing it as fast as they possibly could but it just felt like they were so focused on like my health and well-being and like getting to these results as fast as they could so that way the doctor could like analyze them and then tell me mm-hmm. what needed to be done that i just felt really taken care of yeah. throughout the entire process and i felt like i got way more than i paid for i don't think we mean to you know, I don't think we mean to drag on about the U.S. healthcare <laughs> no. system. It's just or, the only it's the only thing I have to compare yeah. what I just experienced to. Sure. You know, like it's the only thing I really know. And I don't think we we mean to make sweeping generalizations about all 
clinics are all providers. Obviously, we know a lot of amazing providers and amazing clinics, Mm -hmm. and every situation is so different. But I think what, I don't know if anything, Mm -hmm. I feel like traveling has done is just open my eyes to the possibility that like there are so many other cool ways to do things, including healthcare. Yeah. I had a great time getting poked and prodded all day. (laughs) And eating Burger King. (laughs) And eating eating the health food that is Burger King. I I don't know. I thought sharing this experience would be would be kinda kinda interesting. We would love to hear your perspective out there if any of you guys have done medical tourism, good or bad. I just I would love to have this like start a conversation of what this felt like. I obviously had a very positive experience mm-hmm. today. I'm sure other people have had different experiences. Yeah. That is it for today's episode yep. on uh, medical tourism, Google Voice, and the intricacies of uh, Burger King. faking out countries to let you into them. So <laughs> hope you enjoyed this one. We will see you next week.